If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. The first time I ever had sex when I was stoned on purpose was about four years ago. I felt him looking into my eyes and touching my skin and, and my skin was electrified with the cannabis and I could feel the ache between my legs of just like wanting him to fill me up. And I was like, I want you inside me. And oh God, it was so hot. And I came so hard, like repeatedly. And afterward, I just hugged him and like cuddled up in his arms and just felt full on blissed out all over my body. And I was like, there is something to this. I'm Noah Michelson, and this is D is for Desire, the podcast where we look at love and sex from angles you could have never imagined in health class. And on this episode, we're getting canisexual. Ever heard of it? Probably not. It's not a super widely used term, but have no fear. The voice you just heard a second ago belongs to Ashley Manta. She coined the term. And so that was back in like 2014. And... I was like, what would I call this thing? Sex and cannabis. What? It needs a name. Sex and cannabis. Canisexual. Easy enough. And honestly, at this point, not really such a surprising combo, right? Seems like there's a weed version of everything these days. There's cannabis in food, in bath products, in dog treats. It's a booming business for some, and it's mass incarceration for others. It's many things in modern life. And when it comes to sex, weed is just as complex. The ways we have sex, experience it, and relate to it can actually change with the help of a little or a lot of the green stuff. Ashley's made a career out of sharing this with people. She's been a sex educator for over a decade, And she's also a certified rape crisis counselor. 
that dimension of her work and life actually led to these canisexual experiments. After a sexual assault, Ashley had to get comfortable with penetration again, and she used weed to do it. When I realized that sex and cannabis was my thing, it was actually from having sex with myself. Masturbation made the huge difference for me. I experienced pain with penetration for most of my life because of being a sexual assault survivor, and not to say that all do, but a lot do. And using Foria, being able to have penetration without pain was really important for partnered sex, but it was also really important for solo sex, where I could play with a dildo or play with a vibrator, which is what I did, and I was like, oh my God, it doesn't hurt. Oh my God, this is great. Wow, I'm coming really hard and more times than I'm used to. And then I thought more about it and I was like, oh my gosh, there are no sexuality professionals that I know of talking about cannabis and sexuality. And then in March of 2015, I named my rapist on the internet, oh. which was like a huge thing that I didn't intend to, like I hadn't been planning it for months or anything. It was kind of a decision that I made within a week. And I felt comfortable doing it. I felt like I was far enough along in my healing journey that it was the right choice for me. But I was not anticipating like the massive resurgence of PTSD symptoms that I experienced. Mm -hmm. And it sidelined me to the point that I had to quit my full-time job. And so I quit my job in May of 2015. And I was like, well, fuck, now what am I going to do? Like I'm having panic attacks. I'm disconnected from my body. Once I had taken a couple months off work, I was like, what if I just did this full time? Like, what if I what if I wrote? What if I taught? What if like what if this was my life's work? And that's how this empire started, like out of a need to find a different way to make a living because of my healing process. Now, weed and sex work wonders for Ashley. But as we were talking, I was curious. Is this a preference thing? Or is there scientific proof that cannabis actually affects sexual function? I met a doctor who's explored this question. Her name's Dr. Becky Lynn. She's an OBGYN in Missouri, where weed is legal medicinally, but not recreationally. And back in 2015, she started noticing a trend with some of her patients. Folks with low libido and difficulty orgasming began telling her that they'd tried cannabis, some crossing state lines to get it, and it actually helped. So I went to the medical literature through our library and I, you know, put in cannabis and sex and really there was hardly any research. And much of the research that was done was done on rats, rat sexuality. And the research that had been done on humans was really not high quality research obviously because it, it's been illegal. Then I went to the internet to see what the internet was saying. And I was really struck by the difference. The internet is chock full of claims about how marijuana is an aphrodisiac and it will give you fantastic orgasms and, and everything like that. And so that's kind of that's what led me to want to know what do women really think about how marijuana affects their own sexual experience. So once you had this inkling that maybe there was some kind of connection, or at least that your patients were saying there, there was, how did you then go about starting to research this? What were your methods to dig into what was going on here? So it would be nice if you could 
or if I could have, you know, had a, a control group and then a group that got marijuana and then you actually had them record how it how it affected their sexual experience. But because that's illegal, we designed a questionnaire um, that asked uh, several questions about, do you know, do you use marijuana before sex? Does it increase or decrease your desire? If they marked yes, we would say by how much. Um, so we looked at their their perceptions of how it affected several domains. So we looked at overall sexual satisfaction, pain, libido, orgasm, and lubrication. And then we also collected data on their demographics, who was using, what type of marijuana were they using, what was their overall sex life in general. And we collected this in our OBGYN office. It wasn't just my patients with sexual problems. It was anybody who walked in our office was offered the questionnaire. And of course, it was all anonymous. Their name was nowhere on the questionnaire. And they sealed it up. They put it in an envelope when they were done. It was all de-identified. And then we looked at the data. We found that um, the majority of women reported an increase in overall sexual satisfaction, an increase in desire, an increase in the quality of orgasm, a decrease in pain, and really no change in lubrication. Um, the majority of people who were using marijuana in our study were smokers, 99%. There, there wasn't a significant group who was using edibles, um, and that... Um, Women who used marijuana frequently had a higher chance of reporting better orgasms in their general life, in their in their routine life. Do you have any theories about why you got the findings that you got? You know, especially when you think about the connection between the brain and the body in terms of marijuana. What do you think is going on with marijuana and why is it causing these things to happen? Right. So, you know, when we thought about that, we thought there were several possible uh, theories as to why we got the results that we did. So one is that marijuana might decrease anxiety. So if you're really worried about performing right or, you know, worried about the encounter, um, it might not be as good of an encounter as if you were a little bit more relaxed. So, you know, marijuana can lower anxiety. It also um, slows the, the perception of time. So you have more time to enjoy what's going on. And it heightens all of your sensations, touch and taste. And, and so in that, in those ways, we think that's how it might have had its effect. And, and it's probably a compilation of several things as opposed to, oh, this is the one thing and the one reason why it works. What have you learned um, from undertaking this, something that no one else has really been looking into? You know, something that I didn't know or didn't really understand is that we have receptors all throughout our body that marijuana can bind to. So CBD is a cannabinoid. Marijuana is a cannabinoid. And then there's endocannabinoids, which are the natural things that bind to those cannabinoid receptors in your body. So we have a system in our own body that depends on cannabinoids, not necessarily marijuana, but we have our own cannabinoids, which are similar in our body. And basically they control balance or what we call homeostasis, keeping everything in check. Um, for as an example, um, CBD is sometimes used to treat seizures in children. And 
if you think about a seizure as sort of an excitable state, the nervous firing, the nervous firing, the nervous firing, CBD kind of brings it back down to its resting state. So the cannabinoid system brings you back to your natural resting state. Experts like Dr. Lin are still learning about the endocannabinoid system. But the point is this. Our bodies make their own cannabinoid molecules that then bind to receptors throughout the body, which is wild. And guess where a lot of these receptors are? The reproductive tracts of all genders. Is your mind as blown as mine is? Anyway, Dr. Lin talked about some of the medical reasons for mixing weed and sex. But emotional comfort and self-image, those are tested by physical intimacy too. Here's Ashley again. Cannabis can be so helpful in cultivating a positive relationship with your body. We receive messages all day, every day about all of the ways that our bodies are less than. Too fat, too skinny, too muscular, not muscular enough, too hairy, not hairy. Like all of these ways that we are told that our bodies are subpar and especially our genitals. People with vulvas, they have to look a certain way, smell a certain way, have a certain hair appearance. And for penises, they have to be rock hard and massive all the time with like big swinging balls. Like, please, who thought of this? Like, was there a committee that sat down and was like, this is what genitals are supposed to look like? But we get so caught up in that. We have so much shame around our bodies and our pleasure. And I think cannabis really can help you let go of some of that. Like, it to me, it feels like a tight, like coiled rope right in my solar plexus. And when I smoke or when I enjoy cannabis in, in its various forms, I feel that knot start to release. Mm. And I can take a deep breath and be like, oh, my body's actually really awesome. And look at all the cool things it does. And look at how good it makes me feel. And look at how I can move through the world. And wow, my genitals are really attractive and appealing huh. and and powerful. And fuck yeah, me. Like, Cannabis helped me get there, and it took me a long road, but it really was transformative. To become a canisexual or to identify that way, what does that involve? You know, I, I was thinking about this interview, and I was like, can I be a canisexual if I just like to hit a bong and, and bone? Or, like, are there certain requirements or certain ways that are different from just using weed and having sex? Like, what makes someone a canisexual? When I conceptualized canisexual, I really meant it to be more like a philosophy mm. than a uh, an orientation. But I'm so delighted that people have started to take that and make it their own. So, like, my boilerplate statement is, it's anyone who mindfully and deliberately combines sex and cannabis to deepen intimacy and enhance pleasure, whether solo or partnered. And so you can take like and extrapolate from that any variety that works. If you like to smoke and then masturbate, cool. You want to call yourself a canosexual? Absolutely do that. If you love getting high and having gangbangs, rock on. Like as long <laughs> as everybody's consenting and you have conversations and everybody's getting tested and using condoms and doing all the like responsible adult shit, go for it. That sounds great. It's like a sexy stoned choose your own adventure. You do whatever you want to do. Exactly. After the break, we'll explore the culture of canisexuality. Who's showing up to Ashley's workshops? What are they learning? 
And is there such a thing as too high for sex? Well, spoiler alert, there definitely is. Be back in a minute. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, so before we get back to the show, one quick thing. We actually need your help. We're working on an episode about period sex, and we want to hear your thoughts, experiences, and opinions about it. Do you love it? Hate it? Avoid it? Actively seek it out? Leave us a voicemail at 732-660-8030, and you just might make it onto the show. That's 732-660-8030. Also, keep in mind, your participation allows us to use clips from your audio message in the podcast and also in any related HuffPost articles. But don't worry, you can remain completely anonymous if you just let us know your preference in the message. That's it. Talk to me a little bit about the different kinds of cannabis, the different strains. There's so many ways to experience it now, especially because it's becoming legal in so many more places. So you can smoke it, you can vape it, you can eat it. There are the topicals you've been talking about. Is there a favorite way for you to experience cannabis when you're going to be having sex that you think works best? So what I suggest to people... is a little bit different than what I would necessarily do in my own life because my tolerance is through the roof. Mm-hmm. So for I assume that the average person is has a very low tolerance and is really trying to avoid feeling out of their mind stoned mm-hmm. and like doesn't want to get that out of control feeling. So I like to keep them in a, in a nice sweet spot around pleasantly buzzed like, oh, that's nice. That's that's what we're going for is oh, that's nice. Not like, oh my God, or my face is melting. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. none of that. Like 
that's I want them in oh that's nice territory and so usually that's you know maybe a six second inhale of I like vaping flower that is my my gold standard favorite way to do it inhalation takes effect within five to 15 minutes so you know right away like where you're at yeah as opposed to edibles that can take up to two full hours and then you're like oh my god i'm regretting all of my life choices in order you do offer workshops um canosexual workshops so if i were to sign up for a workshop what could i expect to experience uh with you oh that's such a great question i hope you do someday that would be really cool I do like weed and I do like sex, so it's it sounds good. But but yeah, that like, sounds like a good fit. <laughs> what, what, would, what would happen? Walk me through it. So my workshops do have some variability based on venue and audience. Mm. Like next month, I'm going to be doing a mini workshop for a Women Grow networking event, and it's not a consumption event, so it's got to be like slightly more buttoned up like I'm probably not gonna bring my sibby in and have people like riding that in the corner but I have a class two nights later in downtown LA that is at a space where I can be very free when you say sibby yeah explain that what that is for people it's a sex machine that it's like um, a vibrator with like a Harley motor and you straddle it like you would straddle like a, a horse saddle like a mechanical bull? Like a mechanical bull okay. almost, but it's smaller. It's like maybe a foot by a foot. Got it. And a eh, foot and a half. So I'll bring the flat top and I'll have people like sit on it with their clothes on, feel what it feels like, and then I'll have them like go apply for you, wait 20 minutes, and then come back and try it and see what the differences are. So right. they can see in real time like, oh, wow, I just – I. I think I'm about to come. I've had a couple of people be like, I can't come in front of all these people. I'm like, <laughs> I understand. You can get off at any time. <laughs> right. Pun Liter- literally you, you or can, figuratively. You can jump off of the machine at any point. Right. So sometimes it's that. Sometimes I have PowerPoints and like every one of my sex and cannabis workshops starts with a conversation about social justice and cannabis mm. because White people are making a lot of money in the cannabis industry and there are still a lot of black and brown people in jail for cannabis. And like that needs to be something that everyone is talking about and writing to their their city council about and writing to their their elected representatives about and like doing advocacy work around because that's not okay. Yeah. So we always start there and then we go into maybe like some pleasure based anatomy and we talk about like vulva versus vagina and the clit has legs and and then a little bit of an overview of this is these are different methods of consumption of cannabis and and how you can start to choose which ones you might want to go with based on what kinds of effects you're looking for, or what your time commitments are looking like. And so I try to do like, I'd like to shape it to my audience. So I'll kind of pull the room and be like, what are you all most curious about? What do you, what brought you here tonight that you really ever just like aching to have an answer to. Who do you find your audience is? Who's showing up to these workshops? Are they people who are already big fans of weed but maybe haven't coupled it with sex? Is it people who've never done, um, you know, have never smoked or, or never experienced weed before? Who, who's there? Honestly, it really runs the spectrum. Um, there's definitely a sizable portion of people who are brand new to cannabis who are curious about it, who have been seeing the news articles and seeing all these states get legalized. And they have a lot of maybe baggage about what they think cannabis users look like, feel like, you know, 
the stereotypes that exist because of the war on drugs and all the stigma. And but they really want to know, like, does this help? I'm, you know, I feel maybe stale in my sex life. And so I want to try something that's going to make it spicy and fun again. So there's a sizable portion of those. There's also definitely a healthy proportion of people who are like, well, yeah, I smoke weed and I like sex. So how do I put them together in a way that like makes sense? And and a lot of people in between. I get single people. I get coupled people. I get all gender orientations. And my age demographic tends to be about 26 to like, well, I mean, my oldest have been in their 70s. So, but there's a healthy proportion of like 26 to 45 is like my sweet spot. This might be a dumb question, but. No such thing. Well, wait till I ask it. (laughs) Can I be a canisexual if I don't like getting high or I don't want to get high? Yes, you absolutely can. That is not a dumb question. That's a great question. One of my first things that I have to debunk about sex and cannabis is that you, the idea that you have to be high. You 100% do not have to be high. Using a topical is not going to get you high. My favorite way right now to use cannabis is actually taking an infused bath. Oh, wow. It is so freaking relaxing. And like, so here's my gold standard. This is when people are like, we really want to try cannabis, but we don't want to get high and we want to make it like a fun, sexy date night. And I'm like, all right, here's what you're going to do. Whoever has the more stressful job and you can take turns, but like, let's say for instance, it's me. My boyfriend is going to draw a hot bath for me and pop in a bath bomb that has some amount of THC and or CBD in it. I personally like to go balls to the wall. So I have like a 300 milligram bath bomb, which is a massive amount of THC. It's probably way more than you need, but I like to go big. And so draw the bath, light some candles, light some incense, let your partner, you know, the stressed out partner soak away the day. While they're doing that, the other partner goes into the bedroom, makes it neat and tidy, puts on some music dims the lighting, lights some candles, like makes it a really sweet little scene. They get the person in the tub gets out, gets wrapped up in a nice cozy towel and led gently to the bedroom where they're laid down on the blanket and massaged and like do that for a date night and watch what happens. You know, a lot of people use alcohol as a social lubricant sort of to temper their inhibitions Um, especially when they engage in sex, for a whole bunch of reasons. How would you respond to critics who might say that the canisexual movement is problematic and that sex should be pure or sober or that when you mix, you know, things that make you inebriated or get you stoned, um, that can be problematic? What would your response be to someone who would say something like that? I would say I totally understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. My background, what I started doing 12 years ago when I became a sexuality professional was sexual violence prevention education and rape crisis counseling. Mm -hmm. And so I was that person who was like, you don't mix alcohol and sex. You don't mix any other substances in sex ever, period, hard line, no. And that was in my head when I started being like, oh, sex and cannabis, I like that. And my my sexual violence prevention brain was like, no, you can't do that. This doesn't work that way. And then I created space for nuance. Mm. And so I tell everyone, if you're going to be combining sex and cannabis, negotiate before you medicate. Have a conversation. Talk about what's on the table. What's a yes? What's a no? That conversation that my boyfriend and I had before we had sex 
that was the thing. And the most crucial piece of that is this is what it looks like if I'm in some kind of distress. I will go nonverbal. I won't be making eye contact. I will make this noise or like this is how my body is likely to respond. And this is how I need you to help take care of me if you find me in that space. Mm. And so – I really encourage people, if you're going to combine sex and cannabis in a way that is intoxicating, have that conversation and do it with someone you trust. Getting stoned at a party and hooking up with like the first person you trip over, that's not what I would recommend. What kind of things should people be keeping in mind when they're going to be having sex while they're stoned? That's such a great question. You will not die from too much cannabis, but sometimes you feel like you're going to or you might want to right. if you overconsume. Right. And... So what's interesting about cannabis and specifically THC, which is the the cannabinoid that people are most familiar with, is THC and, and the other cannabinoids have something called a biphasic effect, which means it has opposite effects at high and low doses. And so low doses of THC, you get the euphoria, the full-bodied joy and the munchies and relaxed and happy. And once you cross a specific threshold and it's different for everyone, you can feel rapid heartbeat, anxiety, paranoia, uh, panic, like all of those kinds of scary, clenchy emotions. And that's not a fun place to be. You don't want to feel dizzy. You don't want to feel nauseous. The first time I ever did a dab, I threw up. Mm -hmm. Like that is not a place that you want to be, especially on date night. Yeah. So that's why I really encourage people to go as low as they can for as long as they can. Like there's no prize for being able to smoke the most it's it's expensive the more you have to smoke and so like everything you can do to keep your tolerance low and to just use enough that you get to where you want to be and no more that's that's really the essence of canisexual it's it's just enough not too much it's finding that sweet spot and doing it on purpose which means masturbating and figuring out okay, if I smoke this much and I masturbate, that was really good. Smoked this much and I masturbated and I just wanted to watch Netflix. Okay, that one's probably not the best choice for me or in the right uh, dosage. And it's hard because people want you to be able to say, smoke exactly this much and this is what it's going to do. And it's not quite that simple. It, it's very subjective. I like this. I like that that you're so open to, you know, you're just like, whatever does it for you, do that. That's really how I approach sexuality in general. Yeah. Like if you want to be kinky, if you want to be polyamorous, if you want to have amazing masturbatory sex every single day of your life, like do that. It's yeah. your life. And and much like sex toys that once you own them, you can fuck them however you want. Cannabis, once it's in your house, you can use it however it feels best to you. And if you never want to get high, that's cool. You know, for me, sex and being stoned are two of life's greatest pleasures. So combining them seems like a no-brainer. But identifying as a canisexual is about more than getting blitzed and getting off. Unless, for you, it isn't. Of course, drugs aren't for everyone. Even without them, there are so many options. And I think that's kind of the point. In fact, the more I think about canisexuality the broader Ashley's philosophy seems to be. Sure, it's cannabis and sex, but when you boil it down, the mission is basically this. Don't be afraid to look in unexpected places to find what works for you. 
Be open, be mindful, and the possibilities are endless. So listen to yourself. See what feels good, see what feels not so good, and then, as you pave a path towards your own sexual paradise, decide for yourself just how green you want to make it. D is for Desire is produced and edited by Nick Offenberg, Sarah Patterson, Becca DiGregorio, and me, Noah Michelson. Until next time, remember, it's not taboo if it turns you on. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.